Fathom fam, welcome to our weekly Sunday Sermon Podcast. We want to remind you, if you haven't yet, go ahead and download our Church Center app. We've got lots of awesome events coming up, and we don't want you to miss a thing. You can also keep tabs on us over on Instagram or YouTube, our Facebook page, and our Fathom fam Facebook group. We're going to link all those resources in the show notes, and we hope to see you there. But for now, we're going to jump right into the message. Awesome. We are around the edge of such an exciting uh, season. And I know some of you, you're new and you're joining us in this holiday season looking for a church home, or maybe you're here with family, or maybe you're on the road and you're joining us online. And uh, I just want to tell you, I love you. I'm excited to just continue just another leg of this beautiful journey that I cannot believe we're coming up on 10 years as a church family, and that's going to be an epic weekend. I really hope you make plans. You can go ahead and register on the Church Center app for that. But I'm also, this is the first year we're actually doing a Thursday night Christmas Eve in addition to Saturday uh, Christmas Eve uh, service. So uh, make sure you make your plans for uh, which one you're going to attend. Uh, jump in there. This is such a great time to be able to invite someone along. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's a friend or a coworker. Invite them along to, to, to Christmas Eve. People that would probably say no to an August 13th service, they might say yes to a Christmas Eve service. And man, it's a beautiful time for us to be able to present the hope of the gospel. And so come on, let's live on mission. Let's uh, gather people to hear, hear the good news. I'm excited today because we're kicking off a new series uh, called I Am, and we're going to be diving into the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 34, verse 6, here in a few moments. But today's also a really fun day because um, it's really the culmination of a lot of prayer and a lot of just discernment and meetings around the table with our leaders because today is Vision Sunday. Today is Vision Sunday, and uh, it's a day in which we just prepare to kind of get you on board for what we sense in our spirit and our heart for what God's going to do in the coming 12 months. As I step up here today and and over the past several weeks preparing uh, for these next just few moments to share with you, uh, we've been thinking a lot about what God has already done in the past two years. And and one of our leaders were saying, hey, I went back and watched Vision Sunday from last year, and they were like, mind blown, (laughs) right? Because at that time, it just felt like so many things that we really believed God for and, and trusted God for in this year. Uh, over the past two years, we've seen a new next-gen building, a new warehouse um, take place right over here, being built debt-free. Really, all the facilities on our campus be gutted. We just uh, wrapped up uh, that kind of last leg of that with this brand new backyard area, as well as uh, the renovation of our food pantry to now have a walk-in cooler. And we got to make great use of that leading into the blessing and be able to bless more than 100 families uh, over the Thanksgiving uh, week. And so I just love all that God's done. It's just amazing. There's been so much uh, just visually that we've been able to witness with our eyes that God is doing. And as we move into 2023, Uh, The Lord just kept bringing a word to my spirit that I could not get away from, and it's this word, anchored, anchored. Um, I I really sense deeply within my heart that um, uh, the only way I could describe it as like divine restraint, divine restraint to take us deeper, to take us deeper and to anchor us in uh, first the hope of the gospel, the hope of the truth of the gospel. It's essential that we go deeper and deeper in the the truth 
of the gospel. Over the past couple of years, we've had opportunities, every single one of us in your individual life, you can think about how the wind and the waves have kind of rocked your life at different times. Whether that was financial, whether that was family, whether that was business, or whether that was great celebrations or in intense loss in seasons and pain. But it's the hope of the gospel that anchors us. And so what I really feel in, in my spirit going into next year, that God wants to take us, and I could say this every single year, that God wants to take us deeper. He wants us to take us deeper. And what I believe really happens when we go deeper is growth actually takes place. It might not take place visually where we see it yet. There will be a harvest at some point, but God wants to take us deeper. And when there's growth, the reality of that, it sounds exciting. Yeah, I'd love to grow spiritually. I'd love to, to go deeper in the Lord. But the reality of what that growth means is it takes us out of our comfort zone. And I really feel that so deeply in my heart for every single one of us. God wants to take us deeper and he wants to grow us, but that's going to require us moving out of our comfort zone. I, I really begin to have the word jubilee show up uh, just in, in my heart. I just kind of kept coming back to uh, the Jewish understanding of what the year, there was a year, the 50th year was a year of jubilee. This is not our 50th anniversary, but the Lord kept bringing that word back. And, and, and the year of jubilee for Israel was an incredible year of freedom and reconciliation, like ridiculous, like where they just, any, any kind of debts you owed, you were just set free from. And the land itself got rest in a Sabbath year and in the Jubilee year. And I truly mean that going into 2023, that God, there's been so much on our physical property. There's been a lot of work of the land that's taken place. And I believe in 2023, God's divinely restraining us from expanding our physical building at this time. A lot of us, we get really excited. What can I see that God is doing, right? And we get excited about new buildings and new this, that, new that. No, we're going deeper into the hope of the gospel. We're going deeper in our spiritual life because I believe what God wants to do for the next 10 years, he needs to get something in us to be able to handle it. Do you hear me today, Fathom? So that's the first thing, to be anchored in the hope of the gospel. The second is I think God wants to take us deeper and anchor us in true Christian community. We are only, as a church, we are only as strong as our relationships, and our relationships are only as strong as the love that's a part of them. We are only as strong. I think 2020 showed us we were pretty strong in our relationships, and our love was strong because it was an opportunity that we could have fractured and fallen apart like many churches did. But there was true Christian community there, and I know so many of you, you've come, you've come new to this church body and you're still growing in relationships and we're so glad that you're here. But we wanna help you go deeper to be anchored in Christian community. Typically, we kick off every single year. We've been doing it for probably the past five or six years. We kick off the year with a season of prayer and fasting, 21 days of prayer and fasting to launch the year. And I'll be honest, every year we've done that, God takes us deeper and deeper spiritually as a church. I can almost mark a line in the sand that when we began that practice at the beginning of the year, it was a spiritual shift in our church. And so it's become almost a routine for us every year, a tradition for us to launch the year, to consecrate ourselves and say, God, whatever you have for us. We're gonna still do that, but what I really feel um, so deeply in my heart and as I've talked to others about this, they felt really confirmed in this moving into this 10-year anniversary and this season of Jubilee, this anchoring year, 
that God actually wants us to experience a season of feasting, uh, a season of feasting. And, and hey, we're still going to have a season of prayer together. We're still going to be reading through the book of Acts together, which is going to be awesome. We're going to read it uh, January 1st to the 28th, and that 28th, 29th is our weekend anniversary. That's our 10-year anniversary. So it's going to be amazing as we're just anticipating what God's going to do, uh, preparing ourselves but this season of feasting is going to be a little bit different than what our Januarys usually are, and it's a time to grow in true Christian community. We've got something really fun planned uh, right in the middle of January, uh, leading up to that big feast at the end of the month. We're, we're planning uh, an event that's just kind of a dinner party type thing. And so, ladies, if you've ever been a part of one of our Bloom events, we'll have one of those in here. That's always an amazing night. The ladies love that. So we'll have a Bloom event here, and that same night, out in the backyard, the men are going to do like a, a steak night. And so we're going to have the grills going, like bring your own meat. And we're going to toss some horseshoes and cornhole and just hang out and have a man night. We're going to have a party for the kids uh, to next door. So it's just going to be a season of feasting, not only in the month of January and our anniversary and that big event I was just talking about, but even in February, we're going to be hosting dinner parties around the city as a time for us to get to know one another, a time for us to bond and grow and fellowship and feasting um, to really begin, I think, setting the, the, the foundation for what God wants to do in us as a body, getting connected and really enjoying uh, this season of feasting. Because in the month of March, uh, we're, we're doing a pivot with, um, and, and really going a lot deeper with what we've called anchor groups for many years. Uh, they're actually, we're kind of doing away with what anchor groups have been. We've tweaked them over the years and we're, we're, we're going to be calling them anchor communities. And you say, that's not a big shift. But I believe God wants to do actually a, ma a major shift. Um, for four or five years, we've just been really um, compelled that among the things that we value and we're trying to foster within our group life, our community life, and discipleship, we really think friendships are enormously important to that. We think it's a felt need within our culture. I think many of you in this room and online would say, yeah, I really need good Christian friends. Even those of you that are here every single week and you may say, there's actually a hole in my life where I don't feel like I've got good Christian friends that I can call upon that would be there for me in an instant. Maybe you do. I pray many of you do. But I know it's an intense longing and it's a need in each of our lives. And so that's a huge part. But what we, we realize within our groups, what we were doing is like, hey, we want you to become deep friends. And so pick a topic to gather around, hang out for two or three months, and then we're going to break up the group in two or three months. And so we felt like we were kind of shooting ourselves in the foot and shooting um, really what you're trying to develop and foster these deep friendships. We're kind of breaking them up all, this, all this, um, on the regular. And so we're kind of doing away with that. And, and really these groups will be kind of not have a, a an end cycle. They'll kind of have different ebbs and flows. Some of them will meet weekly, some bi-weekly. Some of them will meet over coffee for breakfast. Some of them will do full feast uh, on Sunday nights or whatever it might be. But you're going to be developing friendships, deepening and strengthening friendships. We think it's also really important to be, to be developing care at the anchor community level. Because as we grow as a church, we're in multiple services on different nights of the week. We live in different parts of town, and sometimes we feel like we can't connect. And so we're going to be encouraging you to connect with those people that, that it, you can, right? Connect with those in your neighborhood. Connect with those a little bit closer. Those that you already have relationships with, go deeper with them and develop a community that will, that will your friendships will grow, that care will go, uh, grow deeper and spiritual growth, because in our heart, what we really want is we want every single person, every single person 
to feel known, to really feel known. Like, I, like some of you, right, in, you've walked in today, you're sitting at home online, and you're like, nobody knows what I'm going through. And we want to provide space. We want to foster um, community, deep friendships in which you can feel known, really growing, and fully engaged in the mission of God. That's our heart for you. And so we're honestly, we've been praying over this. And for some of you, like that doesn't seem like a big shift. I'm telling you, it's a major shift and it's a setup for what God wants to do in the long term um, for Fathom Church. So I'm really, really excited about what that's gonna mean coming up in March. If you're interested in hosting and leading and that just begins to stir and start a fire within you, we can't wait to meet with you uh, and, and kind of get that strategy rolling and ready to roll out in March. But we're going to spend those first couple of months feasting that's going to roll in. See what we're trying to do here? We're going to set the table with friendships and building relationships and then launch into this new uh, season of Anchor Communities. Uh, and the final thing that I really believe um, and feel so deeply convinced that 2023 is going to mean for us is that God wants to anchor us and take us deeper into our call to live in, on mission to each of us individually. I think we, this, is a, this is our vision for the church for 2023, but I really believe this is an individual vision for your life. I pray that you'll, you'll, you'll grab a hold of this in your own spirit and say, God, I, I wanna go deeper in the hope of the gospel. I, I wanna go deeper in what real Christian community means. God, I wanna go deeper in what it call, means for me to live on mission. Not for just what us, it means, but I wanna know personally, God, would you take me deeper? And so I pray you'll get a vision for your own life in this way. We're gonna to continue to do that through our services. I'm, I'm super excited about what God's doing through Thursday nights. We're gonna keep those rolling. We're gonna be taking a break in January because we're gonna be hosting some of these other events from our Thursdays, but those are gonna be relaunching again in February. We just love what God's doing there. Um, and so that's gonna keep rolling. Uh, I, I love the, the passage in Matthew 28. It's, it is our mission statement as a church. It's the mission statement that God gave us. Christ gave us, go make disciples of all nations. That word nations is really the word ethne. When we think of nations, we think of uh, a land that's been marked off and it's, you know, there's a territory line, but really it's the word ethne, which means tribes or people groups. And, and here's what I know about the gospel is, and it being reached into our hearts is God uses each of us to reach a tribe different people. That tribe may be your coworkers. It may be your homeschool group. It may be your neighborhood. It may be your racial ethnic group. It may be people in your same demographic, whatever that might be. It might just be the people you used to run the streets with <laughs> and get into trouble with. And now that's, that's, your, that's your tribe that you're called to go reach. And I believe that for each one of us, God's I want, I want, I want to, him to just wake up in our heart uh, an ethne, a tribe that we are called to reach so that we understand we're called to live and, and go on mission every single day. We're also, as a church, collectively, we're doubling down on our investments in a lot of things in 2023. Uh, we, we're raising the stakes of our investment into local and global missions. Uh, we're, we've doubled what we're giving to Kim's Open Door uh, we've doubled uh, what we're, we're doing or more to um, the uh, Emmanuel Orphanage overseas in Kenya. Uh, we've added on incredible ministries uh, like what used to be called Student Go, Andrew and Autumn Steyer, their ministry. We've added that a part of our local missions. Uh, that name is actually going to be called Always Going. That's a new name. Getting the word out there. You can check that out. But we're super excited about the ways that we're continuing 
uh, to, to do that. But I believe in 2023, it's a, it's a year of, of sowing and growing into missions. Sowing and going, I said growing, and going into missions. Over the past couple of years, with all the travel concerns and all those restraints, we haven't been able to go. And so in 2023, we are going. We're going to be going personally, sharing the good news uh, of the gospel. We're going to be helping empower you to do that. We're also going to continue to uh, continue to see what God does through our food pantry. It's just been amazing to watch that ministry grow uh, to reach over 100 families just this past uh, couple of weeks. But one of the things that we are going to try to raise money for through our legacy fund is a commercial transit van. Uh, we've got some really cool opportunities, but people are kind of throwing stuff in the bed of their trucks and back of the vans, and there's just a lot of food coming in. So uh, the use of a commercial transit van will be extremely helpful for us. But where I want to end today is, is telling you about some mission trip opportunities that I think are going to be sewing opportunities or going opportunities for you in 2023. And the first of that is to Kenya. I've been trying to get back to Kenya for like five years uh, now and excited to be uh, leading a team in early May. Uh, we were actually playing in this. Some of you will remember actually early last January. It didn't, it fell through for some different reasons, but I'm excited that we're pushing for early May uh, this year. So if you've ever wanted to go and be a part of uh, that ministry there in Emmanuel Orphanage and uh, get that uh, experience and serve there um, uh, there uh, at the church there, right on the edge of the slums. Uh, I think you'll be moved by its incredible ministry that we support and been supporting for like eight years now. Uh, you've given thousands and thousands of dollars there. I'd love to get some of you there seeing it up close. Uh, also, some of you may know Heath and Janelli Coleman, uh, who are part of this church family, uh, who have started a church, uh, really a youth ministry that turned into a a church down in the Dominican Republic. They'll be back with us here uh, shortly and we'll be able to connect with them. And this coming summer, we're gonna be taking a mission trip to partner with them in the Dominican. And then also in the month of October, we're really looking forward in 2023 to be taking a trip to Israel. Taryn and I have been looking forward to a, a trip here and planned it like several times, but with all the COVID stuff, that trip got canceled and pushed back and canceled and pushed back. Anybody been there with your plans? <laughs> And we were like, well, I got, why does this keep happening? And we really believe in our heart. It's because, we, we, you know, there's a lot of reasons, but uh, that it's going to be an opportunity now for others to be able to join us on this journey. So if you've ever had that dream in your heart, we're giving you plenty of time to fundraise and be a part of that. So be on the lookout for these trips. Maybe it's something that you can sow into or that God calls you to go and be a part. Um, but I'm excited what it means for us to be anchored the hope of the gospel and true Christian community in 23, and also deeper and deeper into living out the mission of God that he has given us. Y'all receive that today? Y'all receive that today? I, I pray that, that God really gives you a vision for that in your own personal life, and then we're going to do that together. And I can only imagine the power of this if each of us embrace this individually. The power of that corporately is going to be immense. So many lives are going to be transformed. We're going to be so much stronger because of it in so many ways. And uh, we're going to be a light, a city on the hill that cannot be hidden that Jesus called us to be. So we're really looking forward to 2023. I just like at the beginning of December, before we hit Christmas, get that in your spirit, get that in your heart, get you praying about that and receiving that as we move into 2023. All right, so we're diving into the message today. And I'm just running with this same word, anchored, for the message, and we're going to anchor, actually, for the next three weeks, we're going to throw the anchor down, get it locked on a rock, 
And that rock is the character of God, the character and the nature of God. We go to Maine every year. We like to get out on the lake. We get in the boat. And uh, Beckett and I, oftentimes one of our jobs on the boat, we don't drive the boat. We like to, to get out and get in the cold water, but we throw the anchor and we get that anchor. We try to get it wedged on a rock in a really good place. That anchor is heavy and get it wedged on the rock. And I believe that we're going to see something in these next three weeks as we look at how God describes himself and, and, and how God describes himself in Exodus 34 verse 6 becomes a rock becomes a a standard, a place that the people of God through Israel and us today, knowing who truly God is. And so without further ado, let's let's dive in. Uh, The Lord said to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones, and I'll write on them uh, the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Some of y'all are like, what do you mean you broke? What tablets are we talking about? We're talking about the Ten Commandments here. I don't know if you knew this, but Moses broke the first set of Ten Commandments because he was mad. If, if your kids broke a nice little replie, a replica of Ten Commandments in your house, you would be losing your mind, and here Moses breaks them. In fact, how it goes down is Moses is up on Mount Sinai. They're having kind of what's known as a, a, an ancient a covenant ceremony. Imagine it being a wedding between God and his people. It wasn't really a wedding. It was a covenant ceremony. I'll teach that another time. But in the middle of this wedding, the bride is having an affair, <laughs> is already cheating. Like the wedding's not even over. And that's exactly what happens. Moses comes down and the people have already defamed, had, uh, defamed God. They've already made an idol while the ceremony is still going on. And Moses is like, you got to be kidding me. He loses his mind. He breaks the first tablets. And God is merciful. And he's like, it's okay. Like, chisel out. I'm mad too. <laughs> I'm mad too. But chisel out two more, and I'll write the same words on them which you broke. Be ready in the morning, verse 2 says. And then come up to Mount Sinai. Present yourself to me there on the top of the mountain. No one's to come up with you or be seen anywhere on the mountain. Not even the flocks and herds may graze in front of the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones, and he went up on Mount Sinai early in the morning, and as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. And then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, here's what God proclaimed, telling him who he is, the Lord, the Lord, which is not new, They have this so far, the Lord, the Lord, the repetition of God's name, Yahweh, here really speaks of eternality, God's consistent nature. He is the same God as we just sang about a few moments ago. He's the same God. And God says the compassionate and gracious God. It says how he's describing himself to Israel. He's slow to anger, abounding in love, and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. This is how, how is God merciful? How is he compassionate? How is he slow to anger? Because he forgives us when we've been rebellious. He, he, he forgives us when we come home. He forgives sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished because he's not only merciful, but he's also Just in his very nature, he defines what right and wrong is, and so he doesn't leave the guilty unpunished. 
We must be thankful for a God who is just. Most of us want justice to take place on our terms. But we thank God that he is just. Because even if the, it looks like the guilty go unpunished now, he will uh, have the last say. And he punishes the children and their children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation. I, I know that verse can kind of give some of us like, what do you mean? We're, we're going to talk about that next week. So get here next week when we talk about God is slow to anger. We're going we're gonna to address that a little bit more. And Moses' response to God's descriptive um, explanation and pro- proclamation of who he is, Moses bows to the ground at once. He hits the ground in awe and worships God. Today we're going to talk about these first two words, merciful or compassionate and gracious, and, and explore God's character. The first word that shows up here is that God is full of compassion. God opens the door to describing who he is by saying, I'm compassionate. I'm merciful. Mercy is how God wants to first for us to first understand him. James said, mercy triumphs over judgment. Paul said in in, in Romans that it's the, the kindness of God, the compassion, the mercy of God that leads us to repentance. Without mercy, we cannot be in relationship with God. What the Hebrew actually says is rahum hanun. It's a kind of a poetic kind of rhyming thing here. And it means to be tenderly pitiful. They, the Hebrews understood that compassion actually comes from someone's bowels. From The word rahum actually is really closely associated to the word uh, of like a woman's womb. And so it is what emerges out of God is mercy. And when he's trying to continue the people of Israel coming to know who he is, he wants them to know he is merciful from the very depths of his being. Have you ever just hurt for someone so bad that your stomach was upset? You just had a situation that was just kind of tearing you up inside and it literally messed up your stomach. Like literally you're having such compassion on that. But here's the beautiful thing about our God is he doesn't just tell us who he is. He shows us who he is. We don't have to look very far. I mean, we can go all the way back to uh, the, the people of Israel and God Rahum, Rahum, he saw them in their Egyptian slavery. He, he, he was moved with compassion. And so he, he, he set them free from slavery. And he brought them into a wilderness time. They were in the desert and they had no food. And God, again, had compassion. He had Rahum on them and he fed them and he provided for them. We actually don't even have to look further. And then to go like the chapter before, we, we're in chapter 34 here. Let's go back just a few verses in chapter 33. Moses has broken the tablets and he's just, he's crying out to God and he says, now show me your glory, verse 18 of chapter 33. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. Moses asked for his glory. God said, I'll show you my goodness. The goodness of God is his glory. That's all we can handle right now. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. 
And where, when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of a rock and I will cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Why is God showing his mercy in here? Because he cares about Moses, but by, he says, I'll cover you with my hand. Why? Because we can't handle the glory of God. We, he would literally die. He'd be consumed. Why is God telling everybody to stay away from the mountain, to not gaze up there? Because if we look directly at, at God's glory in, like, in his manifest presence in this moment, they would have died. They would have died. He said, then I'll remove my hand and you'll see my back, but my face must not be seen. When I think of God showing, saying, hey, you can't see my face, but you can look at my back, literally my backside. <laughs> so you think what you want on your translation of that. Um, then I'll remove my hand and you can see my backside. You can handle that, but you can't handle my face. In fact, the first time that God says they will see my face or it, it, when we will see his face, Revelation 22, at the end of time. Right now, we can't handle his glory. We just see his goodness passing by. And I just wanna tell you, over and over again, God's mercy and his goodness keeps passing by. And I wanna call your hearts. I want you to remind your hearts of his goodness. I want you to pay attention to how God's mercy has passed you by. And it may not be his face that you're seeing, but you see moments of his glory through his goodness. It reminds me of John chapter 17 when Jesus says, um, you know, I'll be lifted up and my glory will be revealed. And he's not talking about like some glorious ascension. He's talking about being lifted up on a cross. Literally the backside, the ugliest moment, and Jesus says, it's my glory. God doesn't just tell us who he is. He shows us who he is. I want to secondly remind you regarding God's mercy and his character, that God's character, it actually anchors our trust and our hope for the future. God's character, see, some of us, we begin to lose hope when we forget who God is when we get really way more focused on, on how we've messed up, on who we are not, who, who, how we're not good enough, but we always have hope when we are anchored in God's good character and his perfect nature, his sovereignty over every situation. I don't lose hope. I'm reminded of Lamentations chapter three, one of my favorite texts. And there's a lot of uh, places in this particular text that, People remember and it speaks to them. The one that speaks to me is actually these first few words. So the prophet says, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. I believe some of us, we need to learn to call to mind who God is. We need to learn to call to mind. When we're finding ourselves hopeless, some of us, we can't call that to mind because we really don't know who God is. We've got broken images of the nature of God. We've, we've got a, an angry preacher telling us, you know, who God is. Some TV preacher telling us who God is. We've, we've got an angry mother or father saying God is one thing. And when in reality, he's something completely different. When God begins to express and show himself who he is to Moses in the burning bush of Exodus chapter three. He, God says, I am Yahweh, Yahweh. I, I, am, I am who I am, it gets translated often. But really, the, the words that are being translated there are actually verbs. 
So I am is not really the best rendering of that. Uh, Probably a better rendering is I will be who I will be. In other words, you don't define who I am. I am who I am and I'm always gonna be that. Another way you can translate it is I'm the God who's always gonna be with you. I'm a God whose presence is going to be with you. And so let our hearts sink into what that means when Yahweh Emmanuel, God comes and he becomes incarnate and he is with us in the great commission that I will be with you until the end of the age. He's the God who has always been and will always be. And so we anchor, anchor ourselves in his perfect character, not our flaws. Yet this I call to mind, therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. We're not consumed. Moses isn't burned up on the side of the mountain because of God's love and mercy. We're not consumed for his compassions, his raccoon. They never fail. In fact, they're new every morning. His mercies are new. Great is your faithfulness. Let's flip over to the other word, the word gracious here today. It really means undeserved favor. It's the Hebrew word kin, which means literally to bend or to stoop down in kindness to an inferior. Undeserved favor. favor. Maybe some of you will remember Jacob and Esau and how they had kind of a rocky relationship for quite some time because Jacob stole his brother's birthright. And so he was angry for decades And eventually Jacob comes and he comes to his brother, though he did not deserve his favor, he asked for it. He asked for his kin. He said, I don't deserve this, but I ask for it. And and can I just tell you, that's always our posture. And God doesn't just stoop down in kindness to inferiors us. He came down in kindness to inferiors like us. He came down to us. And so I want to call you and remind you that our hope is anchored in the character of God. And Jesus is the full embodiment of God's character. He he is God in flesh incarnate who came and showed us he is merciful. Everywhere Jesus went, if you look through the gospels and you look through the miracles, when Jesus is getting ready to do a miracle, you know what prompts that often? And Jesus felt compassion on them. He was moved. Did they deserve it? Rarely, if ever. They didn't deserve it. It wasn't about that. It was about God's good character. And Jesus is the full embodiment of that. One of the most beautiful places of that is in Philippians chapter two. It's a poem here. Um, It's really a gospel poem. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's how God lowered himself. He became flesh, undeserving we are, but he stooped down, he came down, he didn't just stoop down, he came down to be among us, to live the perfect life, to give his life as a ransom for all who would turn to him in repentance. See, God, I don't know if you missed it there at the beginning of that text, but in your relationships, have the same mindset as Jesus. God actually calls us 
to represent his character in the world. God calls us to be merciful. God calls us to be gracious. God calls us to be humble, taking the position as a servant. And I'm just guessing, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing in every single one of our lives right now, there's somebody who we don't want to be merciful to, but we need to be in order to be a witness to them. There's somebody in our life who, man, they don't deserve the favor, but we're going to choose it anyway because we're representatives, we're ambassadors for God. As if God is making his appeal through us, we are reconciling the world to him through, through Jesus Christ. Ephesians says this, but because of his great love for us, God, who's, who's rich in mercy. You say, I don't have that to give, Pastor. I, I really don't have. No, no, but God's rich in mercy, so let's go get it from him. And when we get it from him, it never runs out. When we receive it, we understand we've been greatly given God's mercy, therefore I can give it to them. God has done that gracious so I can be gracious to others. He's rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ, even we were dead in our transgressions. This wasn't our works. It's by grace you've been saved. And this passage that we look at in, in uh, Exodus chapter 34, how does it end? How does it end? And in verse eight, when we just stop it right there, it ends with a response of worship. That's Moses's response. And so therefore that, that's our response. That's our response to God's gracious and faithful character passing by and, and, and proclaiming that, man, we just, we just respond back in worship. Can I just tell you, we say this around church a lot, but there's literally no God like Yahweh. There, there's no God like him. There's in no other religion in the world does God become flesh and give his life and walk among men. In no other religion, it stands alone. The gospel is unique and we stand our whole salvation upon the truth of it, that God became flesh and we're, he saw us dead in our trespasses and made us alive. And today we're alive, we're spiritually alive and breathing and called to be that witness of his mercy and his grace in the world. I praise God because he doesn't just say it, but he does it. I thank God for protecting us in his mercy and in his compassion, for seeing us in the state we were in. When a lot of times we say, when, God, when I found God, but when God found us, he, he's never lost us either. When we turned our attention, we saw that. Saw a glimpse of who he is. We've never been the same. He makes us alive. So I want to ask you to stand and prepare your heart to do just this, to do exactly what Moses responded in this moment. We may say, hey, God, I want to know you more. I want to see you more. And I would just ask you this. Are you seeing God's mercy now? Are you recognizing how God is gracious today? If we do, it's in view of that that mercy that we respond back and worship. So Paul says, in view of God's mercy, man, we, we give our entire lives as a living sacrifice back to God because he is worthy. So can we just posture ourselves in this moment to worship the God who is, who was, and will be, who always has been? Can we posture ourselves in a place and say, God, I, wanna, I do want to see your goodness in the land of the living. I want to see you working 
today. I, I, I want to recognize your goodness all around me. I want to recognize you today in worship. There's nobody like you. Father, right now, all across this room, we just prepare our hearts and we say thank you. We say thank you for who you are, God, that you are faithful and loyal and slow to anger. You're gracious and compassionate. God, but I, I know in a room this size and online, I know not everyone has responded in faith to the good news of Jesus Christ. God, and some of us right now, we're being confronted because we feel filthy, we feel guilty, we feel ashamed. But I just want to speak hope into that individual today and, and, and to anybody that's in that place today. And you know that you've never placed your faith fully in Jesus Christ. Today can be that day. You just must confess your sin and believe on your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. and He's the God who came down, who lived perfectly, who who died for our sin, is raised again on the third day and will return for his church. I want to just challenge you in these next few moments. Pray that prayer. Pray that prayer of faith. God, I believe in you. I don't know everything, but I believe in you and I trust you. Place your full trust in him today. If you're a believer and you know him, can we just thank him for his goodness? Can we just thank him for his mercy? Compassion, God, we thank you for who you are and we worship you with our whole hearts. Come on, let's just make this a house of worship. Make it a house of praise, of prayer, and just say, God, have your way in us. You alone are worthy. Sometimes a sermon leaves you just wanting a little more. If this message has stirred a hunger to go deeper in God's word and you want to learn more about this teaching and how to practically apply it to your everyday walk, make sure to subscribe to our Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. There you're going to find some great conversations between Next Steps director Christina Scott, along with Pastor Kyle or another leader or guest speaker. We'll link it in the show notes for you. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus or feel led to recommit your life to Christ, we want to celebrate with you and talk with you about what your next step might be. If you're ready to join a group or a serve team or even to request prayer for all of these things, you can text the keyword FATHOM to 97000 anytime and follow the prompts. We love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you tune in again soon.